Welcome to the 2S Podcast with Gage and Mike. This is Gage, the philosopher. And this is Mike, the farmer. Welcome back to the 2F's Podcast, the philosopher and the farmer. Thanks for uh, tuning back in. Today we got a special topic for a special day, Memorial Day. But let's kick her off with our quotes of the week. Right, so I'm doing another quote from Ben Franklin. I know I've been using him a lot, but... He's just got so many good quotes, like, can't really turn them down. And this one I know everybody's probably heard before. It's pretty popular. It says, never leave that till tomorrow, which you can do today. So don't procrastinate. Yeah, pretty much. And I am probably one of the worst people about that. My dad says I put the pro in procrastinate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's a good thing to live by. If you know you got to do something, just go and do it. Yeah. Kind of how I do it at work. I don't want to like, oh man, I got to pull that big ass station down, don't I? Like, well, maybe I could do it. You're like, no, you already know you're going to have to pull that down. <laughs> you might as well do it. That actually reminds me of a quote from Huxley. Something along the lines of um, one of the greatest, he didn't call it a virtue, but... I'll just say virtue. One of the greatest virtues or skills to have. Attributes. Attributes to have is to do what you must do when you must do it, especially when you don't want to. Yeah, I I agree with (laughs) that. That's that's about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. My quote, it's, um, again... My Marcus Aurelius is like your Ben Franklin. <laughs> yeah, I know. I keep coming back to Aurelius. It's your fallback guy. <laughs> yeah. I, f- I feel like this is a good one. Nothing to do with our topic. Well, actually, then again, maybe it, it does have something to do with our topic of the day. But certainly with our times at large. Look back over the past. With its changing empires that rose and fell. And you can foresee the future, too. Yeah. It's like we talked about in the history episode. If you haven't listened to that, listen to it. Damn it. It's a damn good episode. (laughs) But, yeah, history's fucking... History repeats itself. That's why you should learn from it. And if they were telling you that almost 2,000 years ago... (laughs) Yeah. I mean... And they probably knew history we don't know today. Oh, yeah. Well, And, and he was a Roman emperor. He was the emperor. Yeah. And even he had the humility to know it wasn't going to last. Well, he was also a lot different emperor than pretty well every other one. Yeah, he wanted to be a philosopher. He never wanted to be emperor. Yeah, where most people were wanted to be emperor and wound up as something else. Normally dead. Yeah. Sorry about all that interference. It just <laughs> happened in that five seconds. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take F- my hat off. Fucking child. Yeah, moving around. Turn 30 and lose your fucking mind. That's probably the smartest <laughs> thing you've said all day. I'll take it. It's natural. It's 
follows the Dow. Is that real? That was real. Sounded fake. I can't fake burp. Can't fake burp. Can't fake burp. (laughs) All right, what we got? So, I guess we'll do our current event now. Oh, yeah. Because Hmm. my current event is over, uh, I guess over there in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. They fucking had, I guess, the largest drone attack in the whole entirety of the war so far. Russia sent out 54 drones to attack the city. And Ukraine ended up shooting down 52 of them. I guess. And only only two of them made out. And I guess they were like Iranian-made drones too, which is kind of weird. I can't remember the name they called them. But they well, were, Russia's uh, in ties with Iran now, ain't they? Yeah, they have been because Iran's just as fucked. But uh, they're called uh, Shahed drones. That's what they're called, Shahed, or something like. That. I'm sure I'm butchering the fuck out of it, but they uh, they were dealt with them, and it was right as the city of Kiev was winding up for its the anniversary of its founding, which the city was founded in 482 AD. I believe by the Kiev and Rus. But that's beside, you know, that's just what the, they were getting ready. So that they, uh, they main the Russia mainly targeted, uh, military targets and critical infrastructure and stuff like that. So, you know, like power plants, fucking manufacturing centers and all that fun shit. But uh, the weird thing about it was, I think, you send all that, and you know, each one of them drones has missiles and shit on it or whatever, bomb, whatever. And they only killed one person, and at least one as of right now, and only and one injured. And where did they drop these at? Over the city of Kiev, the capital city of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But they... Uh, yeah, it's 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 weird because I mean I guess because of the infrastructure and the and the military targets I guess would be a lower casualty rate there. You think you would spend all that time and money making it more effective? Well, I get if you look at like the uh, allied allied bombings in World War Two, they weren't for the most part they weren't which bombings more direct nowadays than it was back then, but. You go over and you're bombing infrastructure. I mean, you might not have the highest casualties in the world doing it, depending on what time of day. Like, you do it at night, you might not have as high casualties or whatever. But, you know, if you take it down to the factory and destroy the machines in it, it's a lot harder for them to get going. Because then this factory is going to make more machines to make that. And then, then you take them machines and make what you're originally making. So what they accomplish in this strike? They just said they targeted military uh, buildings and and critical infrastructure. They didn't really go into detail of what exactly got what exactly got hit. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's I I have a difficult time forming an opinion on that whole situation. I do too. I do too. It's because it's so fucked. Like it's not to me. It's weird that fucking. Ukraine is supposedly being able to hold back the Russians. And it's weird to me that the Russians are seeming to be giving it their all and still getting fucking their ass fucking handed to them. It's just, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't think we got the full story, and it's a lot more. Probably not. It's a lot more complex than just, oh, Russia wants Ukraine back, and so we're gonna attack. Like it's way more complex. Than well, that. they're both corrupt nations. Ukraine's the most corrupt nation in Europe, and Russia's always been fucking corrupt. So don't. So you you pick who you want to believe in that side of the story. I personally don't think we should. Anybody should be given a fuck about it. In my opinion, because. It don't. It shouldn't involve us in the fucking slightest. And that's a good question: is why do we care so much about it? Why does the government and Europe care so much? What What do we got our hands in that it affects us? Well, Europe, I think they care because they. I think, was it they're wanting to join Ukraine was wanting to join NATO or the EU or some fucking shit like that, and so that'd be more money in their pockets, just from them doing, you know. Which Join. is then also a good reason why Russia wouldn't want them, would attack, wouldn't want an enemy right next to their sides. Yeah, well, the whole thing is, the whole basically the whole fucking edge of Russia on that side is people against them. It's the whole reason NATO was founded. And what was Biden doing over there? <sighs> Fuck if I know. That's the whole, <laughs> oh, fucking who knows. It's all a big mystery. All, all we can say for certain is there's a lot more going on than we're aware of. I just think... We should go back to being an isolationist country like we were before World War Two and World War One. That's what just tell um, everybody get fucked like we're on our own. Who you was, are on your own. Well, that's actually this would have been interesting to talk about. Um, I was reading into um, you've heard that pamphlet or book "War Is a Racket." Yeah, that was by. Um, let me look it up. Marine Corps General Smeedley D. Butler. And he talks about, you know, all the reasons. He was he was a career military man for 30 plus years. And he said every single battle and war he's and campaign he's been a part of has been for Wall Street, banks, and big business. He said every single one of them. And he's, he was saying how it should go back to how our founding fathers had it was we stay out of international affairs. Yeah. That that was the whole point was our our international, you know, international affairs everything going on over there we're out of it. We're focusing on us. Mm. That that was our safeguard. Yeah, I mean, cuz back in the what the hell was it? So after World War 1, we went over there, you know, Spanked Germany's ass, told him to get back in place, and came back across the ocean. Well, we, uh, American government, the people, were like, we're done with war. Like, we're done with it. So they, uh, they shut down. America's manufacturing capabilities at the beginning of World War II was fucking nothing when it came to war production. We were more focused on the automobile and this and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I mean, it wasn't like we were, you know, but, you know, you had the Great Depression and all that. So, when the war began, it was a big struggle because you had big, big names in, in manufacturing that were isolationists, like Henry Ford, for example. Huge isolationists, wanted nothing to do with war. And it wasn't until the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor that he decided to, to do war, war production for the United States. 
But the way they ended up doing it this time was a little bit different. They gave the power to the manufacturer, and the government directly paid these independent companies to manufacture tanks, airplanes, you know, the whole the whole nine. Like uh, Willow Run up there in Detroit or whatever around Detroit, Michigan, it was producing a, a bomber airplane every hour for like three years straight. That's a lot of money. A lot of money for them. And they, I mean, that's insanely fast. So, I mean... That's what everybody knows but, is that war makes major profit. But ever since then, it's never went back. It's always stayed the same. Like, that was the whole reason I was going that route. I just wanted to do, like, give a little lead up. But it's never gone back. The private sector's always made money off war. And what happens when these private sector companies get so big, like Lockheed Martin and all them? You know, was that Ray? Ray something. Can't remember the fucking name of it. But, you know, they get all this money and they, they're like, eh, fuck it. We'll start lobbying in D.C. Well, what do you do when you lobby in D.C.? You're trying to swing politicians your way. And there you go. So you pay all these politicians money and they're like, oh, yeah, we need to go over there. And there's WMDs in Iraq. There's fucking, yeah, you know. So that's what like Butler says towards the end of his book. Three steps must be taken to smash the war racket. One, we must take the profit out of war, which is what you were just talking about. Yep. Big. Well, that that's the only reason American manufacturing boomed during World War Two is because they put profit into war. Yeah. Because that's the only way they could get people to manufacture the goods they needed in the amount of time. And, and then his other two are um, actually pretty conversational, debatable. We must permit the youth of the land who would bear arms to decide whether or not there should be war. That's iffy. Now, it's understood you're the ones going over there and dying, but do you really know everything that's going on? And three, we must limit our military forces to home defense purposes. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're more debatable, and I'm not, I don't want to touch on whole locks. I want to get to our our topic of the episode. Yes. But I, what I will say is, back in the 1920s, they tried to pass an act where every member of Congress that voted to go to war had a volunteer to serve. Well, of course, that amendment didn't pass. So, you know, there's that aspect of it, and... I just, I don't know. I think it'd be a good idea if the country going to war. I mean, if you ran, if your representatives should really like if before declaring war or anything like that, and that, and that, and that's the other problem like we have nowadays. They don't declare war. The I think the last time we declared war was like Vietnam, and after the, ever since then, it's been like expeditionary things. Like we're a uh, liberating force, not a conquering. So, like, that's why when we go over there, we're not allowed anytime soldiers take an area, they can't hoist an American flag in it because we're not a conquering nation. We're a liberating force. It, it's all just... Is just a loophole for... Yeah, it's political bullshit, all it is, but... But... Well, before we, we get... You know, that's a whole different rabbit hole we're going down there. We want to, it's semi-relevant. It is semi-relevant. soldiers, Memorial with, Day. Without war, we wouldn't have Memorial Day. But I want to get into our main topic of the day. Maybe this is a holiday that we wish we didn't have. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
if you really sit and think about what the day's for, I mean, it's really not a, uh, supposed to be a happy go lucky holiday. I mean, it's supposed to be a solemn event. So it's not about beer, barbecues, and dirt pudding? No, it, it's not. It's actually pretty far from that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's it was put in place to remember remember the fallen soldiers, you know, because you have a, if a country that doesn't respect their dead ain't going to have any more anybody that fights for them, you know what I mean? Because, like, I wouldn't fight for a country that didn't give a fuck after me after I died if I got shot over there, you know what I mean? I can't remember. There's a quote on that, but I can't remember who said it. I don't know why. What I said was like just a very generalization of it. That's kind of interesting. You say that because it wasn't really our nation that decided to have this. It was people doing it on their own in a build up to this holiday. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and where it started, it was originally Memorial Day was originally called Decoration Day, and it was started back in the. Uh, and it was first observed May 30th of 1868, which anybody that knows a little bit of history, that's three years after the Civil War ends. So the Civil War, of course, was the bloodiest conflict in American history because Americans on both sides, they were still Americans, regardless of they were trying to succeed or, succeed or not, they were American citizens. Mm-hmm. And that was actually passed in uh, like 1960-something where every Confederate soldier was as a United States veteran and should be treated as such, which that leads into the whole monument thing, and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But yeah. they, uh, so all these all these men, you know, were being remembered for fighting for what they believed in and their, their right, but it didn't become a federal holiday until 1971. Of course, it's observed on the last Monday of May. So it's it's pretty interesting. It's been around that long, you know, because most people you don't really think about the history of Memorial Day. I mean, at least I never did until I started. Like you know, it was actually a few months ago. I'm wondering, like, man, I wonder where how Memorial Day got started. You know, so just I've never looked into it. Yeah, but it, it, it was just a part of your every. Yeah, it was something. Day, it was something you grew up in. It's like. It's like, if I didn't grow up Catholic, I would have known fucking probably nothing about Christmas, hardly. Yeah. Like, you would have heard the generic stuff, like Santa Claus comes down, but like... Yeah. But you know what I mean, like yeah. the whole backstory to, towards yeah. Christmas a lot. Yeah. You just do it, you know? Yeah. So. But, yeah, I, I read that May 30th. I know it's the last Monday of May. But Union General John Logan, I guess, called for a nationwide remembrance day on May 30th in the late 60s of the 1800s, primarily because it wasn't an anniversary of any particular battle. Yeah. It was to be summarized for all of it, not just one particular date in battle. Which, that makes sense. But what I found interesting, talking about the history of Memorial Day and you bringing up the summarized quote of not wanting to be a part of a nation that doesn't remember its dead and its fallen, is I guess it goes back from recorded records to 431 B.C. 
where soldiers killed in the, you can probably pronounce this for me, killed in the uh, Peloponnesian Peloponnesian, yeah, war. Uh, During that, they honored and had public funerals and speeches for Greek statesmen. I was about to say that's ancient Greece, because Peloponnesian war. I think it was between Athens and Sparta. I guess it's thought to be the first communal ceremony recognizing those that died in the war. Huh. That's pretty interesting. It's like, you know, even 400 B.C., it was acknowledged that, hey, this is to be honored and respected, these people that gave their lives, no yeah. matter their background, yeah. they gave their lives for a greater cause. Well, even even the Romans, they, they were very particular about... So you have, like, the uh, Battle of Teutoburg Forest in 7 A.D., during the reign of Augustus, which is Julius Caesar's nephew. And uh, during that battle, Varus led, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. He was, a, he, he was a Germanic tribesman that got taken in by the Romans and made a, an officer in the army and blah, blah, blah. Well, they were invading, they were in Germania, modern day Germany, and... They were in his tribe's area, and he started. He sided with his tribe and set up an ambush in Tudorburg Forest, which the way it's set up, it's a very long, narrow trail. But you only walk a few men abreast through the woods, and you have a hillside on this side, and then you have a cliff and a le- cliff on part of it, and then lake on another part of it. Well, they went down through there, and they annihilated. The legions. I think it was like two or three legions or whatever they killed. But anyway, this just lead up to it. Anyway, they left the Germans left the bodies out and used it as like one of their sacred sites because it was a great victory. You know, they were a pagan tribe and you know they had their thing. Well, the Romans, they which were pagans at the time, came through however a couple years later, whatever, and found the site of the battle. Well, they buried all the skeletons and what's remnants of the people that were there. Cause the Romans valued, you know, of, of proper burial for their soldiers. It was one of them things like it. And even then that's not like a big public thing, but it was, you know, you had the whole army there, mm-hmm. you know, burying you. So I'd say that's pretty. All right. There's always a respect for the dead. And yeah. The idea of, well, I don't, Actually, I was going to say the idea of sacrifice, but actually that that might be debatable when the idea of sacrifice becoming a virtue, becoming a great thing, mm-hmm. rather well, than it, it's, it's your duty and, you know, this is your job, when did it become a honorable sacrifice? Well, and then I... That's how most places see it is, you know, back in ancient history, at least it's like, it's your duty to your kingdom, your country or whatever to fight and die in battle if you're called upon to do so. But you are still honored for doing that. If you died, you were honored, you served your king, your country your whatever to the point where you gave your life for it. So, I mean, it was always a respect thing. And, and I mean, that's how it is nowadays too. I mean, they, and that's one thing that really hasn't changed. There's always respect for the dead, especially those that fell in battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because it's something that not everybody does. You know, you have a few, you know, back then more percentage of the population would do it, you know, but 
nowadays, especially it's more of a rare case. You don't have to have in the entire population wrapped up in an army. You don't have to, you know, you don't have big clashes going on all the time where two big superpowers are beating each other's brains out. And cause, you know, cause it's big different thing. Like nowadays, you know, yeah, the war on terror, which different topic. Yeah. That's probably the longest conflict we've had in a long time. That in Vietnam. But like you think of like the world wars where it was big armies beating the fuck out of each other. It was like five years. World War One was four or five years. But nowadays, you know, back then, you had wars that lasted decades. I mean, fucking 20, 30 years of these guys just constantly beating the fucking piss out of each other. Like the Punic Wars with the Romans and the Carthaginians. There was three different Punic, three or four different Punic Wars over the course of 150, 200 years. They just, they'd make peace for like 15 years and then they go right back to beating the fuck out of each other. I mean, it just, you know, back then it was a big, it was a different thing. So you honored your dead because, I mean, if you didn't, you're not going to have all these young men join it. Which right, I would say. What are they getting out of it other than this idea of nobility and honor yeah. and respect? Which, nowadays, it's it's just, it's more like just common practice at this point that you respect the dead of the of your country or whatever. Which, to me, makes sense. I mean, you don't want... Because even if the fucking, even if you lose the war, the poor bastard didn't die for nothing. He died, you know, he died believe, for what he believed in. Hmm. Which, I mean, it's like, uh, which this goes into what I've seen about what they do in Arlington Cemetery. For their, there's a Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I don't know if you've heard of that, but mm-hmm. what it is, it's from World War One or World War Two. one there used to be a couple of them in there, but now I think there's only one. They couldn't identify the body, so they don't know who it is. So that's why it's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Well, they they always have a guard standing watch and have different ceremonies. Well, Memorial Day, they put a wreath on the the tomb. I mean, they call it the leaf laying, the wreath laying ceremony. And it's kind of a thing. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is kind of a thing to for all those who've died because it's there in Arlington cemetery and they, and it's just kind of a symbology. Like, even if we don't know who you are, we still are grateful for what you've done kind of deal, you know, which, which I think, I think directly recognized. Yeah. You had a role to play, which I think is a very admirable thing really for a country to do is like, you know, they built the whole monument just because they didn't know who, you know, which you could say was out of guilt or out of whatever. But to me, it's kind of impressive that you would do that for somebody. You don't even know whose name, you know, who it is. Yeah. You know, that's pretty, pretty not, you know. Yeah, this unknown person sacrificed life. Yeah. and you're, So how do you honor them? Yeah. When, yeah, exactly. I I was looking up sort of the origins of this whole event, Memorial Day. And I found it interesting that apparently the first Memorial Day, before it was a Memorial Day, a national holiday, 
was by newly freed enslaved men, women, and children May 1st of 1865 in South Carolina, in Charleston. And I guess uh, the locals in that area from the U.S. Collared Troops organized a ceremony to bury Union troops who died due to horrendous conditions of a prison. And they honored the dead by singing church hymns and flowers on their graves. And I guess this was sort of an archway of building up towards an annual yeah, event. an annual thing yeah yeah that's pretty that that's pretty cool really i mean as you, you think about it, you know yeah the, them the prisons back during the civil war were pretty fucking shitty it's just tents and fucking dirt you know with guys with guns and fucking fencing all around you yeah. So I mean, disease and whatever else, and lack of food, especially if you're Union soldier captured by the Confederacy, because they didn't have hardly enough supplies to go around for their own men, let alone you. Right, you were definitely on the back burner. Yeah. So uh, that's that's really interesting, really. Yeah, I, th- I guess it's from there, from that event in Charleston, that. What you brought up, Decoration Day, came out of. Oh. I like that. I'm glad I fucking learned that. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Interesting to see how holidays actually come about, because it's not like one person makes a decision and bam, there it is. But then again, that is kind of what it is like nowadays. Yeah. With that- a lot of these other... Well, nowadays it's more of a political thing, where back then exactly. it was more of a sim- symbolic thing. And that's that's what makes it that much more meaningful. It was grassroots. It happened because the people wanted it, and it grew, and then the nation, the government, recognized it and put it into place. That's much more meaningful. And than the government in putting depth, it into place. Right, than a handful of people... And the government saying, hey, this is a new national holiday. And then the people are, quote unquote, forced. Not forced, but hey, okay, now it's a holiday. What are we doing for this? It's like, no, this started from the people, from their own hearts and their own minds, their own feelings mm-hmm. of what they thought yeah. was right and important. Which which some of them things are like pretty... Um, I get some like George Washington's birthday, Abe Lincoln's birthday, okay, they... Used to have a thing for that, and then it was okay. President's Day, like okay, that makes sense. You know, you have all these different dates. Like, let's just wind them up. President's Day, observe all that. You know, because it, it leaves it as a way to just more of like a remembrance thing. Like you remember Abling, and you remember George Washington, whoever. I mean, it's how mm-hmm. a lot more like Martin Luther King days to remember Martin Luther King. Yeah. You know, so. That's kind of how Memorial Day was, because at yeah, first but, it was recognizing certain battles. But the different ones like those were, you know, the government kind of stepped in, like, okay, Martin Luther King Day is on his birthday. And at first it was George Washington's birthday and Abe Lincoln's birthday. And there was another one's birthday in there, too. I can't remember, but now it's all President's Day. They just lapped it all into one. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, I mean, the ones the government do have significance, but they don't have the profound like effect and the significance of 
one that took off through the people and then went went through no nope. you know what i mean it's it's like memorial day is kind of like a it's just a very it's a heavy day yeah because it was people you know remembering the soldiers that were because back in the time like when it was decoration day that was still sons and dads and grandparents even it was fresh yeah it was very fresh you know so back then it meant something and then you pass that down through generations and that's where we get where we are today so i mean like i said it wasn't until earlier so it wasn't until 1971 that it actually got to be a national holiday over a hundred years yeah a hundred and it'd be what 103 years but it was still happening by the people for the people yes so they were still doing it until, and then now it's a national holiday. That's why we get it off work. Which is also nice. It is. I mean, it is. <laughs> but, I mean, and that's why, like, you have all these parades and picnics and stuff going on to it. But and, and, and despite it being a more heavy day and you don't want to leave it completely, and this is just me, um, you, you it's a heavy day when you really stop and you think about it and everything we've talked about. But at the same time, that's all the more reason to have your family together yeah. to enjoy each other, have some fun, do whatever it is you like to do because you don't know when will be your last or somebody that you care about or know last and what wars are going to break out. Mm-hmm. So be grateful for where you're at right now. Well, and, and that's why I'm, I agree. Like it, it's you should have your family together, but I mean, it's that's why. And I think this was pretty smart what Congress did. Congress passed the National Moment of Remembrance Act in two thousand, which encourages all Americans to pause for a minute of silence at three p.m. their local time hmm. on Memorial Day, just as a moment to just think about it, you know, and and process what the holiday was really for. I mean, not to ru- not to be like a mood ruiner or a buzzkill or whatever, just to, to think about it. Because, I mean, what's the point of having a holiday if you're not thinking about it? Right. You it's know? just something written it, on the calendar. Even then, that's just, you know, one minute. It's all, you know, all they're saying, you know. Just think about it for one minute, and that makes the whole, the whole holiday worth it. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not just to, you know, because you have... That aspect of it, which you, you're supposed to remember, but I mean, a lot of people do use it as like the start of summer too. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, that's why a lot of pools and stuff, they open up Memorial Day weekend. Hmm. Just because it's in the, in the United States, it's seen as the unofficial first day of summer. Interesting. Like start of summer. Semi summary looking outside. It's still more like spring, which I'm enjoying. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it ain't going to get very hot today. No. Which, I'm cool with that. But, hmm. And speaking of stuff, you know, back then, I actually seen something pretty interesting for my Memorial Day weekend. I was down there at uh, my dad's camp near Ripley, Ohio. And uh, there's a little town there called Point Pleasant. And that's the birthplace of Ulysses S. Grant. And who's that? He was the the big Union general during the Civil War. 
and the 18th president of the United States. They still got the house he was born in and all kinds of cool shit down there. I never, I haven't gone in and seen it yet. I didn't have time to stop by and take the tour or nothing, but. Drive by it? Yeah. Hmm. It's right there on 52, heading towards Ripley. That'd be neat. So I thought that was kind of cool. Especially this week. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's just a little town. Like, if you blink, you miss it, driving through it. Like, I mean, it's not big at all. But that's, you know, it's still where he was born. Hmm. It's pretty cool, really. That's interesting looking at these, you know, big, large figures of our history that made some sort of large impact and seeing where they came from. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it's like the ha- the house is literally, the only thing that separates it from the river is the fucking road. And a little bit of yard. I mean, it's nothing spectacular as a house. I mean, it wasn't like he was born in a big, big fucking house or nothing. He was, it was just normal. Like, it was probably your run-of-the-mill one story, maybe two stories. I can't remember exactly what. But, you know, it was just normal, average-looking house for back in the day. That's part of the American dream, right? Yep, absolutely. Accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. <laughs> Well, should we wrap wrap up our Memorial Day with um, good humor jokes? I got a good joke, but I'm going to let you go first. Okay. <laughs> I need to get better jokes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make an egg roll? You push it? I don't know. Yeah, you push it. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome thanks okay because everybody making little meals and barbecues somebody's making an egg roll out there well i got one for you what's big red and bad for your teeth see my first thought yeah no my second thought (laughs) (laughs) my second thought is them like Hot head round candies, yeah, fireball fu- candies, yeah, fireball candies. Yeah. So let's say it again. What's big red and bad for your teeth? What a brick. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! A brick, and you don't say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be damned. You had me fooled. A brick. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna see if you're wrong. <laughs> Go out there. I'll be find a brick. Give me a few more drinks, and I will. <laughs> oh shit! Well, what's your uh, song recommendation for the week? Oh uh, yes, this is uh, by the Kinks, called Lola. I'm not even gonna explain the song. Just give her a listen and. It's a good song. You might have some chuckles. Surprise ending. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I must say the way uh, you were describing to me earlier, it's going to have like a, a sentence like in Colt 45. Well, she whipped out a dick that was bigger than mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> but, but written in 70, 1970. Yeah. 
My song for the week is going to be Before the Devil Knows We're Dead by the Turnpike Troubadours. Before the Devil Knows We're Dead. Yep. It's a curious statement. It's just, it's a song about, so like the first verse I really like is it's talking about an old man, how he's acts and drinks just like his grandkids do. Hmm. Fucking hanging out with them, jumping onto the quarry, you know, quarry pond, swimming and shit. I mean, it takes a turn, but I mean, it's a good song. I really, I thoroughly enjoy listening to it. Still has his inner child. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's more of a serious song. It's not like it's not really a lighthearted song. Like it starts off like lighthearted, then it's like, damn, all right. That took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> so. Huh. I have to look that up then today. Yeah, it's country song, so I mean, if you're in the mood for that kind of stuff, it's good. I mean, Turnpike Troubadours in general is a really good, really good band. I enjoy listening to them a lot. They're newer country, probably one of the few newer country bands and artists and stuff I actually like listening to. And it's a good day for country music. Plenty of patriotic songs coming from country. Yep, that's for sure. Well, I uh, guess we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Y'all enjoy your Memorial Day. Hang out with your family and your friends, but don't forget what the holiday's about. And enjoy the barbecues and dirt pudding. <laughs> Y'all take care. <laughs>